what I want to know from our Canadian <coughs> anesthesiologist guest on Meded Stuff and Nonsense. Eight weeks ago, ten weeks ago, I noticed that people were shaving beards on Twitter. And I thought, why are people shaving beards? I don't even understand what that means. And then right. it became apparent that they were shaving beards in order to get fit tested for their N95 masks. And then I thought, what on earth is a fit test of an N95 mask? Because this is something I had not heard of, not really? been part of, really? did not Ever. know, never heard of. And then, of course, with the Twitter colleagues, it has become apparent to me that countries which have been through SARS, uh, Canada, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, UK, all do this thing called fit testing. And then I found out that, in fact, it's an Australian standard to fit test. Our state says you should fit test. But as far as I can tell from my inquiries from our colleagues on Twitter, in Australia, the only place which routinely does it is South Australia. Not routinely done in Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales, Northern Territory, WA, not done. So what I was really interested in hearing from you, Laura, is what's, what's the PPE that you have in Canada? And in particular, what's the deal with fit testing? Um, well, I, 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 I'm just blown away by what you just said, actually. Well, so, Laura, the background is that during SARS, Australia only had one case, proven case. Um, we had no deaths. And the one proven case was someone who was infected in their... Um, in their country of origin and then came back to Australia. So we, whilst we were watching it happen in the rest of the world, we really were um, incredibly lucky to not be impacted at all. And so I think that um, that has resulted in some of these policies as well as what we're seeing in Canada, which, you know, did have an epicentre in Toronto and, and other countries and so therefore have, have developed policies in a different way. Yeah. It has to it has to come home to roost before you take it seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, can you talk talk us through it? Because as we've just said, like I, I agree with Gong Eskel, I I had never heard of fit testing. The only reason I knew about an N95 was because of the bushfires. I had um, purchased a a couple for myself in terms of my asthma, and a colleague of mine who had worked. Um, in an Ebola area actually looked at a photo of mine and said, hey, you've got to make sure that um, uh, he, he noticed that the seal wasn't correct or on the bridge of my nose and he right. in the, the photo and said, hey, you've got to make sure that it's sealed properly and this is how you test it. Um, so that as an obstetrician gynecologist and, you know, the reason I knew about it prior to us moving forward in this pandemic was really because of the bushfires and my asthma. Wow. Um well, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out where to start. Um, I think, I think, um, <laughs> oh, no. testing is, uh, well, first of all, okay. So as a sidebar, because there always is one, um, when I was growing up in Canada, there was something called participation, which was, they tested you twice yearly to see what your fitness level was in all grades. And we actually were tested in front of one another. So for those of us not athletically inclined, it was quite a humiliating experience. Yeah. Uh, and, um, Laura, if you could see my face, that sounds horrific. 
It's oh so my God. We had the same thing in Australia. I and I was always the person who was like minus forty touching your toes. <laughs> <laughs> that was called fitness testing. So <laughs> for quite a number of years, this fit testing, believing that it was actually a fitness test. Oh, how funny! So, um, so yeah, my my ignorance. Uh, but I think it was sort of a brainstem thing. But anyway, so so there is there is various N95s because of the extreme variation of of both facial size and facial proportion. Um, and so what happens is when you get fit tested, which is what I did about three weeks ago, um, you know you put on an N95 mask, and an N95 mask means uh, not for oils. So that hence the N uh, and then 95 of aerosolized, like, sorry, not aerosolized, airborne particles, which are also called viral nuclei, um, you will not breathe in if it is properly fitted to your personal face. And so you really do need to go down to occupational health and, and safety and, and try a couple of different masks. And they actually put like something to smell around it so you know if there's a leak or not. Now, when we are doing medical procedures that are aerosol generating medical procedures and aerosols produce airborne droplet or airborne particles that hence the N95, but they also produce mainly droplets which are bigger um, than uh, airborne. And so they produce a whole gamut of things. And so it protects you against all things. Droplets are bigger, surgical masks protect against those. Um, so you really do need to make sure that you push against your maxilla as opposed to just the bridge of your nose, that you actually move around in the way that you would normally move around doing an aerosol generating medical procedure to make sure that they continue to be fitted to your face. And it's not as hard as it may sound. Um, there's a number of different masks that you can choose from. The, the issue is that some masks um, we're running out of. And so like in the next couple of days, I need to go in to be refit tested because my mask is running out of supplies. Well, I mean, the other thing and, um, uh, you know, the head of our, the University of Melbourne population, um, School for Population Health has said, you know, is it possible that the fit testing isn't happening um, because there aren't different sizes of masks? Um, and so the she's actually Canadian, um, Nancy Baxter, um, and has pointed out, you know, is it possible that that the fit testing isn't happening because we only have one one size mask? And um, I suspect that that is the case in many locations. If there's uh, only one size mask, there's no point in fit testing. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so certainly what I have seen uh, in a number of places or heard in a number of mm -hmm. places is there's only one size and one type of N95. Um, wow. What's happening at your place, um, Gongasco? Yeah, so it's sort of interesting. This, this fit testing thing, it just doesn't seem to be routine apart from South Australia. It's just not. It's just not a thing. So it's it's quite it's quite remarkable, I think. And this is where part of the anxiety of healthcare workers come from, where we um, <coughs> we see the pe we see the levels of PPE and the attention to detail internationally, particularly countries who have been through SARS, 
and we just it sort of feeds on the anxiety we just worry why why is it so different here to other countries you know are we being appropriately protected by our institutions you know are we part of a cohort study where we see you know does fit testing of masks matter or not you know is that what's happening i don't know it it's it troubles me greatly and again i'm not an occupational physician i have no particular expertise at all on this but uh when i compare what's happening in australia with internationally it, it, it makes me feel uneasy and again that's the people say you know on twitter all across australia people say oh, we've been told we don't have enough enough masks to fit test um and in the uk i think they're using um you know, enhanced PPE. I mean, I mean that, that's the interesting thing, actually, watching the London teams and looking at their PPE when they're doing, you know, their intubation teams, the full face masks and things. And we, we just can't help but wonder, are we appropriately protected? I think that's very heavy, but very true. You know, I come back to this adage of, you know, we always say first do no harm. And I think by and large, healthcare workers are going to go into this caring for the people as we always do, and, and we are knowingly putting ourselves at risk. Um, but I'm deeply concerned that we are at more risk than we usually would be, and potentially that there are a number of preventable um, healthcare worker infections and deaths um, that if we had been better prepared and tested and um, ready for this um, may have been avoided. And I really hope some lessons are learned for the future because I don't think this will be the only pandemic that we face. I think there will be more to come. I think you're right. Um, hence why I'm drinking an old fashioned. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to point out that N95 is actually kind of American nomenclature. So there's a different nomenclature in Europe, different nomenclature in China. So. So N95 are equivalent, I, I should say, throughout the conversation. Um, and I, I like what you said about doing no harm. This is the first time in my career I've thought do no harm actually applies to me. So I can't do any harm to me because then I'm preventing me from being available for dozens yeah. and dozens of other patients. Yeah, it's just very unsettling to think of putting myself first in a career that we never do. Yeah. I think that that's hitting home for a lot of us. And it's kind of strange that it's taken literally a pandemic for us to all think like that. And as you say, first do no harm for ourselves as well as others. Well said, you two. Well said. <laughs> <laughs>